Welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And today, Chad and I are recapping and discussing A Court of Thorns and Roses, book one in A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss. All right, Chad. You just finished this book like 45 minutes ago. <laughs> That's so exciting. So let me get this. Uh, let me get this all out on the table for everybody. I read all five of these books less than a year ago, and I'm not reading them in full for these episodes because I've got so many other things to read. Uh, this is very fresh in my mind, though. I don't know how it couldn't be. You oh, know? <laughs> so the synopsis is enough for me. I'll be able to have the same caliber conversation as if I'd reread the books. And uh, we're doing the full recap and everything. So you can sit back, relax, and listen to Chad and I go on about these really, really fun, awesome books. Oh, so fantastic, man. I don't know if anything, like the line between like class and like smutty is like a really uh, gray one. And she <laughs> waltzes down it. Sarah J. Moss waltzes along it so beautifully. Yeah, yeah Sarah J. Moss rocks. You know, she, she kind of has like this attitude of, yeah, it's Beauty and the Beast. Fuck it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be three tasks at the end and it's going to be, you know, a riddle where the answer is love. Who gives a shit? This is awesome. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. go. <laughs> she doesn't go out of her way to like not be a little tropey. She's like, oh, she like doubles down on it. Yeah, know? I know. It's really, it's really cool. cool. Yeah. And you can I mean, just reading it, it's like, if anything else, you know, Sarah J. Maas is having such the best time of her life writing these books so much fun it just it just drips off the page how into it she is you know like obviously writing a book is a lot of work it's a lot of effort and i'm not trying to say that moss didn't have her frustrating days but she's writing exactly what she wants to write oh to the word yeah <laughs> to the to having the main character be named Feyre, which sounds an awful lot like fairy <laughs> <laughs> yeah right um and Let's it's even like an ancient favorite. word the queen right. later says um i also want to before we get into the um summary here just read the last paragraph of her acknowledgments which i just thought was just really cool it says and lastly to my husband josh she's thanking all the people for uh who are who are meaningful to her who had a part in the book this book is for you it's always been yours the same way my heart has been yours from the moment i saw you on the first day of freshman orientation at college Considering the way our lives mysteriously wove together before we ever set eyes on each other, I have a hard time believing it wasn't fate. Thanks for proving to me that true love exists. I am the luckiest woman in the world to get to spend my life with you. And it was just like uh -huh. really cool. I was like, man, should we all be lucky enough to have someone write such a paragraph about us, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think that's one of the really alluring things about um, these books is there's so much love in them. You know, yeah. like that's like the heart of it. And, you know, I mean, I think one of the, the main kind of themes in this whole series is like sacrifice for that love and the, the lengths that we'll go to for each other for these relationships that we've cultivated, not only with, you know, lovers, but with friends, too. Yeah. And, I, and I'm really excited for you to see kind of Feyre's growth over the course of these books. And and there's other characters that you're going to meet that are just as important as Feyre and you're going to fall in love with them and they're all very distinguished there's a whole mm. kind of, it kind of turns into um you know it stays in Feyre's point of view for the most part but it kind of turns into an ensemble okay and they all love each other in different ways and they all have different interactions and connections with each other it's very clear the center pillar holding this story up is love 
And about halfway through it, I was like, what, you know, what level of experience does Sarah J Moss have here? Um, so I started looking into her and she has a very healthy uh, marriage. And I was like, boy, they must have, they must, <laughs> they must really enjoy each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes our chance of getting Sarah J. Moss on the podcast. Oh, uh, we no. messed that up in three minutes, Chad. Nice <laughs> job. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would I would very much love to uh, to meet her and 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 discuss like her process going into all this and stuff. Um, I Same. mean, this, these are the first romance books that I had ever read, um, and I'm still branching into the genre and stuff. I mean, I would definitely call these romance over anything. There are still mm -hmm. fantasy books. There's still high fantasy, uh, epic fantasy. If you wanted to like get down into definition land, uh, I would say it fits the definition of epic fantasy. But what's the difference between epic and high? Uh, my understanding is that epic fantasy generally is it has to do with like the stakes, you know. So like epic fantasy is like it's usually like world. The world is on the line. Oh, okay. Like high fantasy is just it's in a world other than our own, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like okay. that's, I mean, that's a loose definition of it, but yeah, pretty much. And then like okay. low fantasy would not be, but I think that some people would apply, um, like a low fantasy series would be a, uh, an alternate reality that doesn't have magic or where reality isn't suspended. Um, oh. but I, so I've heard it both ways and I'm not really sure what the actual, like, what... um, so high world other than our own made up by the author epic, the stake the fate of the world is at stake that is my understanding of okay. epic fantasy so yeah um you know um song of ice and fire or stormlight archive is epic fantasy so i wouldn't call like the farseer trilogy is not epic fantasy right you know i mean it's, it is it's, high it's, fantasy it's high fantasy um but yeah the i mean and the stakes are high obviously on a personal and like kind of like a regional level but it's not the world you know it's not right. like the you know the like wheel of time is epic fantasy because lord of like, the rings high right, like fantasy. like literal like satan is rising up to destroy everything <laughs> and you know um but anyway yeah uh, a court of thorns and roses this is fantasy and it's it's got a lot of um fantasy tropes to it which are just awesome to read about especially through the lens of this kind of um romantic plot that we've got going through here yeah the tropes never detract from the story they only add to it it's like she was like, I realize that I can't, you know, what what areas of the story do I want to really spend my time in making good? She didn't need to focus on some of those other elements. So just like throw a trope in there, make it a little bit unique to it. So it's her thing and then go from there, you know, and she, uh, in my opinion, her focus is wonderfully um, executed. Yeah, I mean, this book is one of my favorites in the whole series. Uh, I feel like it doesn't get talked about too much. Like a lot of the focus for the series, um, at least specifically to the books, is um, people really like the second book quite a bit, uh, mm. A Court of um, Mist and Fury. And then people really like A Court of Silver Flames, which is actually, uh, this is, it's not really a spoiler. I'm just going to tell you because it's pretty common knowledge, but A Court of Silver Flames is from um, Nessa's perspective. Um, oh, favorite really? sister. Yeah. Oh, um, interesting. Which is, okay. it's a very different book. <laughs> it's a yeah, very, I very bet. different book. We barely yeah. get a little bit into her mind at the end of this one. Like she's something other than the mean sister. Like right. Barely um, a little. We get, we get book. to see some more of that. But, um, oh, sorry. Nesta, not Nessa. Nesta. Nesta, N-E-S-T-A. Nesta, yeah. I'm really glad that we're reading these together or that you're reading them and I'm talking to you about them. I think we're going to have some really awesome conversations. You know, for my first uh, dalliance into romance, I feel I was given an excellent first first look into it. In fact, a bar is set so high now that it might be 
Um, unfortunate for any uh, authors in the romance genre that follows this one. <laughs> I think there's some good stuff we're going to end up reading. You okay. know, I've heard uh, Katie Robert is really good. Uh, I read some Ruby Dixon and Ruby Dixon is awesome. Amber Nicole is an author that I really want to read. There's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot. It's, <laughs> it's out there. It's out there. I think that this is probably the most as far as I'm aware, this seems to be like one of the most approachable, like stepping stones into the genre. You know, this is one of the more accessible um, because it is so it's high fantasy. I mean, it's oh, not yeah. it's not like like person moves into the big city and their boss like is a billionaire that's also into BDSM. And you know what I mean? Like we can get totally. there. We'll yeah. we'll get there together, Chad. But I mean, like sure. this, I'm happy to. <laughs> we got to progress <laughs> up to that. And, you know, um, you know, these books do get pretty steamy. Oh, yeah, they, they definitely do. Yeah. And I think they're just kind of getting warmed up in the first book. I they feel certainly like, are. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more. It's really that fun. Sarah has to offer. <laughs> you know, I was kind of worried, like going into this, like, ah, oh, man, should I read? The, should I reread the books? Um, but it's, I, I'm going to definitely, as we keep going with this, just keep remembering stuff. And this is not, it's not going to be a hindrance at all. And I think it's really cool that I've read all of these and you haven't. So I'm like. I have all this knowledge of what you're getting yourself into. Man, I've never had a book make me want to smoke so many cigarettes. How do you think the characters feel, you know? Seriously, dude, I feel... <laughs> There's a lot of tension, yeah. But anyway, let's get right into it. Let's do it. I'm going to do a recap, just like we do with all of our other episodes, and away we go. The book begins with Feyre Archeron the 19-year-old sole provider for her family, living near the border between the human and fairy realms. While hunting a doe in the woods, Feyre kills a giant wolf who is actually a fairy in disguise. The next day, Tamlin, the High Lord of the Spring Court in the fairy realm of Prithian, appears at Feyre's cabin, demanding justice for his murdered friend. Upon learning it was Feyre, he tells her that she can either return with him to the Spring Court or be killed as punishment for murdering the fairy. She chooses to leave her family and travel through the barrier with Tamlin. Arriving at the Spring Court, Tamlin promises Feyre safety and comfort and arranges for her family's needs in her absence. Feyre is a prisoner in all but name, but she eases into life at the court, noticing that all the Fey on the property are cursed to permanently wear the masks they donned for a masquerade nearly 50 years ago. Feyre finds a friend in Tamlin's second-in-command a high fae named Lucian. As Feyre adjusts to life in the fae realm, she learns of the existence of a being called the Cyriel, a truth-telling fairy which she traps in order to learn more about a dark force threatening all of Prithian. Later, this force is revealed to be Amarantha, the self-appointed fairy queen of Prithian and general in the war against humans five centuries past. Feyre accidentally attracts the attention of the evil Naga fairies, but manages to free the Cyriel and kill two of the Naga before she's rescued by Tamlin. As time passes, Feyre and Tamlin grow closer, and a guarded affection begins to take root. Feyre explores the beautiful estate, and Tamlin provides her with art supplies so she can continue with her painting. One night, Tamlin brings home an injured fairy from the summer court, whom Feyre comforts as it dies. Afterwards, Feyre expresses her regret over killing the fairy wolf. Tamlin opens up to Feyre, despite having a heart that Lucian says is made of stone. At the springtime fairy festival of Kalanmai, Feyre is rescued from an attack by Resand, a high fae later revealed to be the high lord of the night court and henchman of Amarantha. 
After the festival, Tamlin bites and kisses Feyre in a magic-induced passion, having warned her to stay away from him that night. While on an errand for Amarantha, Rhysan learns that Feyre lives at the Spring Court. With this knowledge of Feyre's immediate danger, Tamlin decides to send her home for her own safety. Before Feyre leaves, she and Tamlin make love, and Tamlin tells Feyre he loves her, but Feyre is afraid to confess that she feels the same. Upon returning home, Feyre finds her family thriving. Tamlin has returned them to their former state of wealth and high society. Despite the improvement to her family's station, she can't shake the feeling that she made a mistake in leaving Tamlin. Unable to bear it, she crosses back into Prithian to find a ransacked spring court where her former lady-in-waiting, Alice, explains the true nature of Tamlin's curse and reveals that the Blight is actually Amarantha, who has tricked the Fey courts and stolen their power. Amarantha cursed Tamlin for refusing to be her lover. The curse could only be broken if he could convince a human woman who has killed a Fey to marry him. He had 49 years to accomplish this or become her consort. She now rules the Fey realm and is plotting a war to take over the lands held by the humans. Feyre could have broken the curse if only she would have told Tamlin she loved him, but now it is too late as the 49-year time period has come and gone. Feyre travels to Amarantha's court under the mountain to rescue Tamlin. She is immediately caught, and upon being presented to Amarantha is offered a deal. Feyre must complete three tasks to free Tamlin and break the curse. Additionally, Feyre can free Tamlin immediately if she is able to answer a riddle supplied by Amarantha. Feyre defeats a giant worm during the first task, but is badly wounded. Resand, the High Lord of the Night Court, heals her in exchange for her company at his residence one week every month. Desperate, and knowing she may die from infection and certain defeat should her next trial be a physical test, she agrees. Resand marks their bargain with a tattoo on her arm and proceeds to flaunt her while forcing her to drink the intoxicating wine of the Fae in the ensuing weeks. We learn that Resand is secretly plotting against Amarantha and wants to manipulate Tamlin into a killing rage against her, knowing that if the queen is killed, it will return all of the High Lord's powers, including his own. The second trial finds Feyre in a pit with a captive Lucian, the ceiling covered in hot spikes slowly being lowered upon them. Three levers are on the wall beneath an inscription with a riddle. Unable to read, Feyre can't learn the riddle to begin working out its answer. Resand telepathically intervenes, and she pulls the correct lever. For the third task, Feyre must kill three innocent and masked fairies. Distraught, Feyre kills the first two, but she stops when the third fairy is revealed to be Tamlin. Feyre, desperately searching her memory for a way out of having to kill her love, realizes that Tamlin possesses a literal heart of stone. She then stabs him in the chest, outwitting Amarantha. Amarantha, furious at being defeated, begins to torture Feyre despite Rhysand's attempts to intervene. In her last moments of life, Feyre solves Amarantha's riddle, and the curse on Tamlin is immediately broken. The answer is love. Amarantha then breaks Feyre's neck, killing her. Tamlin, his power returned to him in full, kills Amarantha, and the seven High Lords of Prithian combine their power to resurrect Feyre as a High Fey. Feyre is traumatized and uncertain of her future as a High Fey, Tamlin and Resand both doing their best to comfort her. Feyre returns to the Spring Court with Tamlin, 
seeing it restored to its former glory, and for the first time in her life, realizes that she is home. Ah. Oh, ah. man. Ah, I was love the whole time, Chad. I was love the whole time. <laughs> I see you took out the word uh, brutal in my summary writing of when he kills. <laughs> oh, he brutally kills Amarantha. <laughs> he brutally kills her. Because he doesn't just take a sword and stick it through her head. Well, he does that. And then afterwards, he rips her throat out with his mouth. Whoa. I mean, how would you feel if you'd been cursed for oh, man. 49 years? I mean, yeah. Good on but him. Not only yeah, no, you, but I'm, like everyone not you judging. care about. That whole estate was was masked. They were all prisoners. Yeah, he's like, like just at the very, I would have ripped her throat out because like I hadn't been able to itch my nose for 50 years, <laughs> let alone all of the rest. You yeah, know? all of the rest. Oh. Um, What did you think about Resand? I loved him. Awesome character. And like his, he's like, if like the god of evil and the god of sex had a love child, it would be like <laughs> Reese, right? Be like and, the lead singer of the best band ever with bat wings. Yeah, yeah. He's like so <laughs> sensual and like snarky. And he was an awesome, he was one of my favorites, actually. I really, really liked him. He's a fantastic um, and I character. Have a to not go down a rabbit trail here, but I have a slight prediction here that there might be like a weird love triangle thing coming our way mm. with regarding him. Okay, so that conversation was very interesting because while he's like, hey, I'll see you later. Um, and also she's like, yeah, I got to be at your place every <laughs> yeah, week. You will for see the me next, later. Yeah, you will see me later. Because <laughs> he's like trying to be all mysterious. He's like, maybe you'll see me around. She's like, no, literally you will see me at <laughs> your house. a month for a, month, for a week. Yeah. For a week. It was like 25% of her life forever. He halfway through disappearing, he has like a weird look on his face. It's like shocked. And he stares at her and he's like, what, what, what? And then poof, like, yeah, disappears. it's crazy. Am I supposed to know more about that? Or is like my, um... no, you, that's a, that's as much as you're given. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause he looks at her and he likes yeah. seeing something for the first time. Like, wait, what? And then he goes, so it's not just like, he's like halfway wherever he's going and he sees like, Oh shoot, my house has been taken over something. It's like, no, he's something he's seeing something about her. Yeah. He was not expecting something. We're yeah, going to figure that something. out. What did you think about Tamlin? Um, man, lots of thoughts, lots yeah. of thoughts on Tamlin. I really like him. I think he's awesome. He's like a troubled soul. who's just like trying to, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy at the end of the day, but he's also, I don't know. He's like, maybe it's like an, ego or arrogance thing like he holds a lot and i didn't formulate this opinion about him till the very end but he holds a lot of information from uh Feyre. it's like bro she could have done with a lot more explaining like the blight she still thinks is like a, a disease when she's sent back to her family it's like no it's actually a person who has taken all of the power and is like wrecked and corrupted their entire system of governance like i don't know it seemed a little like he kind of was doing a, a, her a bit of a disservice, holding so much information back from her. Well, I mean, initially she's not. Initially, they're not on the same level, you know. I mean, he's just he yeah. just brings her back. Like I mean, for a long time, like she's not. He doesn't feel like he owes her any explanation for anything. You Maybe know, he loves uh, her at that point. Sure, but like he's he's bringing her over the barrier initially um, as somebody that can possibly break this curse right she's a solution right and also someone that murdered one of his friends yeah so like he's not like oh cool like this super beautiful woman is now living with me i'm just gonna like dump all my secrets on her and stuff you know um it's a very weird situation at first and i think sarah mm-hmm. j Moss did like a really good job at it wasn't like this kind of insta love 
oh, I'll just kind of be with you since you're the only one around, like, kind of thing. You know what I mean? She was initially very not cool with the situation, obviously, which makes a lot of sense. You know, their their affection for each other took a little bit. She was there for a while. Yeah, I mean, when he starts off, I mean, he's in a really tricky position because he's like, okay, in order to... the the queen did a really good job cursing him into an impossible scenario because one is just very unlikely. And two, she's like, you have to fall in love and have something fall in love with you that hates you. First off, hates you enough to kill a fae. And then also you need to fall in love with it. Someone that who, someone who could have killed like a brethren of yours, you know, like a friend. So it's like a really, maybe very difficult to fall in love with someone who, you know, murdered your buddy. However, you know, I still think he could have helped her out a little bit. Now, at the same time, though, I can't point all the fingers at him. She could have asked a lot more questions and, like, had a (laughs) few things be a lot more important to her. Like, he does not give her very much information. Like, throughout the entire book, his upon arriving at his estate, his recommendation to her in regards to her being safe and keeping herself safe is keep your eyes peeled like (laughs) like it's not the exact words what are the exact words i haven't written down one second keep your wits about you is his warning (laughs) it's like keep your wits about you how about like hey if you go outside you might hit a number of these creatures that are all trying to trick you and kill you if you see a loved one it might not be your loved one but it might be an (laughs) evil fae trying to kill you like talent's grumpy you know what He's I mean? Grumpy. Yeah, Tamlin, that was, that's kind of just like, you know, when I first read this book, I wasn't seeing it at first, like Tamlin and Feyre. Um, I was just like, man, this guy's so grumpy. Like, he's not even, it's not even like hot grumpy. He's just grumpy. Like, he's such a bummer. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Hot grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing. Oh, it's totally a thing. Yeah. But it, I, I kind of started getting it because it's like, you know, he, he kind of. Responsibility grumpy. Well, yeah, he, oh, that's a good way of putting it. He's responsibility grumpy. But, you know, as he and Feyre are spending more time together, you know, he starts to appreciate more about her as a person. She has a passion for painting. She seems to want to go uh, bathe in a pool of starlight. So they're cool with that. And <laughs> I love that part so much. Oh, my God. It was just like, I don't know. I feel like if you went and like asked like a 14-year-old girl, like, what's the most romantic thing that you could possibly think of? Like that scene was just like, there are so many moments like that in these books. Like whatever the opposite of an eye roll is, where it's just like, opposite of an eye roll. That's a good way of putting it. That is what these, these books are bathing in a pool of starlight. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what they are. And starlight is a big deal in these books. The stars are a big deal in these books. Oh, absolutely. As are growling, Ooh, yeah, growling. Okay, the growl is a thing that I didn't think about very much until three-fourths of the way through the book. And I was like, huh. I, I thought it was like really hot until I tried to produce the noise myself. <laughs> Just stop this podcast for a second and try to sensually growl. Well, I'm not going to do it right now. No, no, not you. I'm just saying for listeners, stop the podcast right now and try to sensually growl. Well, I mean, I think that the sensual growl comes from a sensual place, right? So it's like the the hotness comes from from how natural it is. Oh, it's a feral sound. Yeah, a feral sound. You know, so I mean, if like if you're if you're sitting next to your significant other, uh, you know, watching. Uh, better call Saul, and you're just like, like they're they're gonna be like, hey, could you stop that forever? Like, and never <laughs> do that ever throat, again, like- you know. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, when the mood strikes, the growl, the growl works. Oh, of course it does, man. It was just lots of growling. I mean, lots to be fair, growling. like Tamlin is like half. He's like a wolf thing. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. Well, I pictured him as like a hot ripped werewolf. Yeah. Okay. So 
is this just me? And I'm asking my listeners here too. <laughs> I need to know this. I haven't asked anybody this ever. Um, did Amarantha, I know that she's supposed to be like this beautiful fairy queen, but I pictured her as like Yzma from uh, the Emperor's New Groove. Totally. Like a really high <laughs> collar of spikes. Yeah, you know? I don't know why. Sitting <laughs> there like, hello. Like Eartha Kitt's voice and like everything, you know, like that's how I pictured Amarantha. And I know that that's not what she's supposed to look like. She's, she's like supposed the to hottest look... version of like Ursula <laughs> from right. The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that whole motif. Yeah, totally. But yeah, what did you think about that whole situation? Like uh, Amarantha and the curse that she put on Tamlin and all that stuff. She was very similar to the Pool of Starlight in that she was like a marvelously, fantastically tropey bad guy who's like right. brought down by her own ego. She is the lever, the mechanism of her own undoing. Oh, yeah. She could just like kill Thera. Yeah, but I think that part of Amarantha wanted Tamlin to come to her through his own like she she held out to the last for Tamlin to see reason or what she considered to be reason or enough reason for her to be satisfied with his affections. I mean, and I could be wrong about that, but I, that's what I read. You know, those were the lines that I read in between everything is like Amarantha is just like a lonely, sad lady. You know, she really likes Tamlin. Wow, to say Amarantha, the evil queen, is a lonely sad I mean, what's at the root thoughts. what's at the root of a lot of evil though, you know? It's a lot of yeah, insecurity, sadness, sadness. And yeah. Like, yeah. Not um, being loved. Yeah, but a very like mustache twirly villain for sure. Like Oh, for you know, sure. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, she's she's like a hungry, power hungry fool for sure. And fool I mean literally because she, like I said, is the own she's so wise and so um conniving and then also kind of ridiculously idiotic and then it's like dude don't set up a scenario that if the other person no matter how unlikely you could totally you get out of it yeah lose everything you know it's like and she loses everything it's like man and it's likely enough with the answer literally being love oh my like, god I'm, i, I had remember, it figured out in yeah, a, like yeah. 30 <laughs> i like paused put the book down and i thought about it. i was like oh love duh it's like Time. yeah i went through this is how i figured it out i was like what are the most common answers to book riddles and i was like time fate and then i was like boom nailed it yeah um i remember when i read this through i definitely was kind of annoyed with feyra because it was like really you didn't seriously get this like immediately and it has like an irony that's so delicious like dude come on but i mean let's give feyra some credit right uh she's in a very traumatic situation here it makes sense that Maybe maybe some some answers like that would slip her mind. It slipped mine probably. Dude, if your life was at stake and you're sitting in a cell with like hours and hours of nothing to do, you could figure, figure out, out that riddle. <laughs> also, like I gotta say, man, I really like the favorite character. She has a lot of really good things going on for her personality. That being said, she is kind of an idiot sometimes. Like she, yeah. Yeah. She doesn't. She mentions multiple times, like, oh, I wish I had an, or I wish I had an ash arrow. It's like. You are rich. Stop at the store on your way. The to Ash Arrow store. Yeah, dude. Like the I'm you're telling me that the border town by the Fey doesn't no, have a weapon that sells ash did. arrows. Yeah. Or fine, stop by an ash tree. You're like, by a forest. She was Break in a off hurry. a branch and make a spike. She was in a hurry. Okay, then after he she gets to the manor, she's being like led through the woods by Alice, who I loved, by the way to the mountain under and she's like for surely not going to be able to sneak in and take him out without any sort of confrontation like that would be a ridiculous assumption to make does she prepare herself in any way 
No, no. she kind of just wanders in there and is immediately she wanders captured. <laughs> in there and is immediately captured. It's like, dude, okay, they are cursed to wear masks. You yeah. have the best disguise already prepared for you. Give it landed at your feet, handed to you on a silver platter. Put on a freaking mask, and all of a sudden, you're a member of the Spring Court. She doesn't even <laughs> bother to wear a mask. Like, are you freaking kidding me? She's love struck, Chad. She's not thinking straight. Her the love of her life has been Curse. taken to a torture chamber under a giant magical mountain. I mean, even before she falls in love, her sense of pre- self preservation is extremely non-existent <laughs> like she okay the whole like, like i love party. how tamlin is just like okay this one party that we're having out oh in the forest God. do not go out here okay like seriously don't like, come out here like super we are don't we are crazy giant magical beings that you've been afraid of your entire life and we're gonna go do weird shit out in the right, forest right. okay like, like we're says, doing we're having a blood orgy where we're sacrificing maidens just like you <laughs> everything besides without saying those words <laughs> Like you are exactly what this blood orgy is looking for. Okay, do not come out here. <laughs> you are the hors d'oeuvres served at this party. Please do not come. And then she makes it to ten o'clock that night, which is like <laughs> it starts when the sun goes down. She makes it an hour and a half, no time at all. And then does she put on a mask? No, she grabs a fucking horse and rides into the party. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, oh okay, 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 okay. Like, but do some recon. I mean, she's nineteen. You know, <gasps> it's so easy to judge her, right? But it's also like if I had been cu- if I had been stuck in a house for months in a magical fairy realm, and the my captor was like, "Hey, we're gonna go have this party out in the forest, and you're not allowed to go." There would be a part of me that was like, "What the hell are they doing out in that forest?" You know, oh. like let me go check that out. Like I'm just I've been cooped up in this house forever. I mean, screw I'm not that hating, guy, you know. I'm not necessarily hating on her leaving the house to go check out the party. I'm hating everything else. Oh, like the like, fact like, that she doesn't creep up to the edge of the firelight woods and like peer in or try to be right. silent about it. She just like <laughs> literally rides in on a horse. Like clip, 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 clip. <laughs> Oh my god. Woman, what are you doing? What did you think about Lucian? Oh, he was probably my favorite character. Yeah, Lucian is great. Oh, yeah. In my mind, he's the hottest man. Yeah, there's a... So the thing with these books is everybody's hot. Oh, everybody's hot. Everybody's hot. Every single... Even her... Feyre's dad, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, everybody's hot. This is a fantasy. Sarah J. Moss is really stretching the limits of what that word can mean here. You know, like this is literally (laughs) a land of supermodels. Oh, they're all just so gorgeous. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, even like the evil fairies are all just like swimmers, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's all, they're all Adonises. They're perfection, evil incarnate, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's very like, um, the aesthetic of this is very kind of, you know, like well-to-do aesthetic. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a very, society. like, it's a very like pure one imports like aesthetic, <laughs> you know, at least in, or it's like a Pinterest aesthetic. But with like a yeah. vampiric dirty grime to it yeah it's you know, like interesting there's a feral nature in this book totally as well. it's yeah like, it's like not just like perfect people having perfect sex but like in a cemetery covered in mud um okay there's a few parts during the book that i found to be like almost i don't know just like a little hard to believe and just i don't know okay so there's she's talking to tamlin but right before she gets sent away and after the sex king comes a colin and her first <laughs> response to him being like, you got to leave is like, did I do something wrong? What? No. 
Were we not part of the same conversation where the most powerful creature that you have ever known was forced to grovel for someone he clearly hated? Of course you didn't do something wrong. He's trying to protect you. And then his reaction, dude, she's, you need to answer her questions. He's, he's like, I'm not going to answer any of your questions. I just need to get you home. And it's like, dude, she has proven herself time and time again. If she has any curiosity inside of her to like follow it to its end, even though that into her demise like answer enough questions to sate her curiosity so she doesn't do the exact opposite of what you're trying to get her to do well i mean the question is do you think that she would have gone anyway at that point because she was in love with tamlin right i mean even if tamlin thoroughly explained how what kind of danger she was really in by your own definition of Feyre as being this really proactive, curious person, it kind of wouldn't even matter how much information she had. Yeah, that's true. But still, I'd at least armor with enough. So like the first question she has in the center gallivanting into the forest, you know, she was like, you think I'm going to get into your way? And he's like, well, like I'm saying 100% yes. Like you've done <laughs> nothing besides need to be saved every time you leave this house. Every time. Every time you leave the house, you encounter something that you don't know, and then you kind of do something ridiculous like follow it or want to capture it. But Feyre is <laughs> not the kind of person that would be satisfied with the, the danger being too much for her, which is why what's make, it makes her so endearing, right? Yeah, she like, There's no endearing. amount of danger that she won't willingly throw herself into. All of my criticism is surrounded by a warm bubble of feeling towards her. Right, yeah, because she's so in love with Tamlin, and she's such a... I mean, Feyre is a stand-up person, like seriously, oh, and and it, I'm not not to spoil anything, but like I mean, she really does stay pretty consistently righteous. I guess is the word to use, in my opinion. Her main um, motivation, at least the first half of the story, till she's freed from it, is her promise to her mother to like care for her family. You know, she's right. a good person. Doesn't protect her from being kind of an idiot sometimes. Right, but I mean, what is the old <laughs> saying? You know, like love, love makes idiots of us all. You know, like how True many that. dumb things have you done because you're smitten? You know, like I've like dumb. I like bought a car one time because I liked yeah, a girl dude, so much. Stolen street <laughs> such, signs. Such a fucking idiot. Like yeah. done so many dumb things. Like I can't even say with a you straight bought a car face. Once? I don't want to get into it. Okay, <laughs> That's so stupid. Anyway, I almost bought a car once. Her oh, love. God. It was like a firebird, and so this girl really wanted silly. to love it. Oh my god! Um, I didn't though. It's so easy sometimes in these kinds of books, and in, in, in all kinds of books, to because because you're removed from the situation, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're safe in your bed. You're safe on the couch. It's like watching a horror movie sometimes, where you're like, "Why would you run upstairs when the when there's literally nowhere for you to run once you're up there?" You right. know what I mean? But you're not in a panic, and in in a situation like this. You know, the, you know, those feelings you get for people when, you know, you're just you're just over the moon about somebody. Right. And you're just like, I can't believe that you even exist in a corporeal form. You're perfect. So imagine you're taken out from living in like literal shit uh, in like this cold, drab, terrible, poor environment taken across this barrier by a literal supermodel immortal god uh <laughs> sex god that can turn into a fucking bear you know what i mean it take it into this amazing incredible dreamlike space that is eternally spring <laughs> it's yeah. eternally it's not the spring court because like there's these certain kind of flowers there it's spring court because it's eternally, eternally the nicest spring, part of the year yeah. forever and then this like brutish gruff 
like super like hot, machine. like yeah, is, starts to starts to fall in love with you. He buys you paints, Chad. He buys it's you he true. buys you art supplies. I realize that and she's like, like <laughs> love struck and she's just desperate to stay with him. But I don't know. The conversation was just like like even he gets like he's like didn't you read between the lines today and she's like no i didn't like yeah no shit dude you didn't even have to read between the lines <laughs> i don't I, it's funny um there's a lot of moments like that in these books where you're like why the hell would you do what you just did right um but it's like it's always and it, you know it's kind of like what we were talking about in the intro it's like it's almost like love in this series it's almost kind of like magic and harry potter you know, it's mm. like magic. It's like love, you know, we do right. crazy okay. stuff. Okay. We do crazy stuff for love. Still, man, how many times do you have to <laughs> not like have reading be a thing that inhibits you from doing something that you want or making you look the way that you wish to be appeared to like not take some freaking classes, like set aside your ego long enough to grab the book off the shelf and practice. She even knows the letters. She has, she can sound them out. So like while you're sitting in your cell, scrape them out on the wall get better <laughs> i don't know her there's just some times that i'm like man you really could have been a lot more prepared for this like maybe if every time you went outside you got into a fight you'd be like i should really learn how to throw a punch after the 80th time well you know what's funny is um i've, I've brought up some of these points before and like some of the lives that i've done and things like that especially while i was reading these books and like invariably the answer that i always got was don't dig too deep into it you know what I mean? Right, like, right. like, cause there is a certain appreciation for what is going on that it's like the, the more, and I'm going to use Harry Potter to, as an example again, um, because the more that you dig into Harry Potter, the shittier that series is. Oh, it falls it, to it, pieces. Yeah, it does. And you know, we could sit here all day and really kind of, there's a lot to dig at here, but it's almost like you don't really, uh, you don't really need to, you know, yeah, like, that's just, uh, I'll just end go my along criticism, for the ride, you know, I'll end my criticism of, oh, I love your criticism. I think she it's has great. the self-preservation instincts of a honey badger with none <laughs> of the supporting skills or ferocity, maybe ferocity, huh. but supporting ferocity skills. for sure. Yeah. yeah ferocity, yeah. Yeah. But supporting I mean, skills like, dude, learn how to find, <laughs> I mean, I was really impressed, um, with her in those tasks, like at the, at the end of the book. Oh, she's you know, like, brave. She's yeah. Like the worm fight, the moment. Yeah, in the moment for sure. Yeah, I mean that the the, uh, the worm fight for one thing. I mean that was epic. That was really good. I needed the worm fight. Yeah, the worm fight was really cool <laughs> because she just goes like blundering into the pit of danger without even wearing. She even thinks to herself like, "I should have a dagger, whatever." <laughs> goes waltzing on it. So I like didn't really have very much respect for her as a character or a person until that scene. And then I was like, "Look at her, like cunning." Okay, she's like using things. She sets up this trap. She's it's a it shows her depth of intelligence. And I was like, "Okay, I'm with you now." And then badassery, she's like using the bones to stick into the mud to swing around the yeah, corner. Yeah, like, that was a really cool idea. Cool. Totally. Super cool. I mean, I look at A Court of Thorns and Roses as like, um, they're like Marvel movies. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. They're like romance Marvel movies. If you're going in looking for it to be like this mind-bending, like A24 film. Literary you know, masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm not saying that the writing isn't on par with some of the, uh, the better books that I've read. Because I think, I mean, I went into this thinking... How good of a writer could Sarah J. Moss really be if she's writing like this? You know, I was very naive going into it. She's an excellent writer. She she's really an is. an excellent writer, yeah. I do think that, like, if I was going to critique um, Moss's writing, I think that her vocabulary... She finds words and uses them. Yeah, she really likes certain words. Like, she really, really likes using... Like, as the books go on, she uses the word busybody, like, 
all the time, like so oh, much. Really? Uh, you'll notice it. Well, now I haven't notice noticed it because I pointed it out. Well, she didn't. She doesn't really do it in the first book, but as the um, kind of ensemble starts putting itself together, you start seeing that a lot more. Smirking is definitely like it's so many growling too. Like everybody's growling. Everyone's growling and smirking. I mean, Moss just has like a lot of uh, like habits that I've noticed that people do. I don't know what it is. I don't know what to call it, but like people are picking the lint off of their shirt all the time. Like someone's always flicking like invisible lint off of their shirt. It's like that person's isms. Yeah. um, I mean, it's just like with, I mean, a lot of authors do it. Like Sanderson really likes the word scuttle. You know, everybody's always scuttling in Sanderson books. Like in Stephen King books, there's always a character with a blue chambray shirt for some reason. Yeah, Salvatore loves the word skitter and revolve and uh, and talking about how Dritz moves. Dritz is skittering everywhere. I don't know if you've gotten far enough in the series, but vulgar gesture. She loves using the words yes. vulgar gesture. It's used. About <laughs> ten times in the last like couple chapters, of the book. and it keeps being used too. It's just you know, and it's not really like a. It's not bad writing or anything. It's just, it's one of those things where for me personally, whenever that happens, it starts pulling me out of it a little bit because I can't, um, like, I notice that V.E. Schwab really loves the word easy. Hmm. V.E. Schwab loves the word easy. Everything is easy an easy walk, an easy gait, an easy glare, an easy glance, like an easy touch, an easy stance. Like, everything is just easy. Everyone, like, everybody, yeah, it did, but everybody. In V.E. Schwab books is like literally just like leaning up against shit like all the time. <laughs> like everybody, like everybody is just like lounging around. And We're it's kind of like casual. Yeah. And every um and kind of in this in this series too, I've noticed there's a lot of like everybody's so hot and confident, which is hot. It's great. It's cool how at ease everybody is with everybody else. But it's right. like as the series goes on, you're going to notice a lot like the the kind of core ensemble of this series, like everybody seriously is just laying around like smirking at each other like a <laughs> yeah. lot. And then they're just banging. Like open shirts, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> seriously. It's like an H&M like photo shoot. When Tamlin's mask finally gets taken off, I just like stopped. I was like, oh, <laughs> when it was like, and he looked exactly like I thought he would. But of course. You know what I mean? But you, I really like that part. I kind of want to I want to I want to dig into that for just a second cuz like okay. um at first you're like oh, of course he does, right? Cuz right. this is a romance book or whatever. But right. I thought about it in a way where Feyre at that point loved him so much she didn't even she, I don't think she actually did have like a preconceived notion of what he actually looked like. Oh, she had an idea, but it wasn't a requirement. But I think that whatever his face looked like under that mask, no matter what it looked like, she would have said it was perfect and it was exactly what I thought it would be because of how much she loved him. I don't think it would have been exactly what she thought it was, but it was perfect. I do I do agree, do agree with that. That was like my little romantic thought when I was reading it. You know? No, and that's a really good romantic thought. I mean, she's clearly, it clearly doesn't matter because she's willing to be in love with someone who literally can't take a mask off his face. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's pretty cool. You know, you have no idea what they look like or if you'll ever even be able to see what they look like. You know, that's pretty sweet. I was wondering... Is the mask like? Yeah, it's supposed to be really like, thin. Because uh, I, I imagine the mask is like, like a stone mask. You know, you know, like if you're kissing somebody and your teeth kind of clack together a little bit. Like, has that ever happened to you? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so Glasses it's like I, clinking. Yeah. Like, oh, that's that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I've had them tangle up and fall off my face. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was just, I was like, ah oh, man, did Pharaoh's forehead like knock against his mask at any point? You know? Yeah. I don't think that was mentioned. I, about halfway through the book, had to remove the bottom half of the mask. I made it just a masquerade ball mask. Which That's makes what sense it is, isn't it? Because it's a ma- 
yeah i don't think it's really described maybe i'm just missed it no it but is for yeah. some reason i had like a full facial mask until about they start kissing yeah the bottom of his face is uh, exposed okay yeah i just didn't miss that and i just went with like full mask and they start kissing and i was like that's ridiculous chad and so i removed yeah. the bottom half of it <laughs> and then i learned they were at a masquerade ball and i was like oh, oh clearly like that's the those. sort of mask and then i changed it in my brain to a actual masquerade mask yeah it's like a it's like a zorro mask it's like exactly. it's just basically covering the eyes and exactly you know, most yeah. of the nose yeah i can't cover the whole thing we gotta have with it they all gotta be hot we gotta see some jaw lines Jawlines. Yeah, yeah, and eyebrows. Love a good, we need love a good jawline. Expressions, and you can't be sarcastic without eyebrows. Can't smirk with a mask on. Okay, who is the adder? I don't remember the introduction of that character, but then she's just like all over the place at the end of the book. Like she's obviously the henchwoman or henchman or hench snake of Amarantha, but I just don't know. Hopefully, you can shine some light on who, what she is. I think the adder has um uh, he him pronouns. Okay. I'm pretty sure the adder is kind of like uh, in service. To, I, I've, I envision it as like a big pointy eared bat. Oh, you know what I mean? It's not a snake. No, because you're thinking of like an adder snake, like yeah, A-D-D-E-R, yeah. but this is A-T-T-O-R. It's like Ator. Oh, so like the adder, the adder is sent by uh, Amarantha to the spring court. Um, to kind of like tell Tamlin, like, he's like, "Yeah, do you hope you remember the the deal with my mistress?" You know, like that's like his whole role. And then he like throws that glamour on Feyre when the Ador is like at their estate and stuff. But yeah, I pictured him as like a bat, like a big giant bat. You have to be. This would be very very difficult to write the scene when she comes back to life. Well, more importantly, when Amarantha gets killed, because so many things happen would happen simultaneously right like okay everyone in the room just got like all their power returned to them and there's like 50 years of pent up like revenge gonna happen right then and there like half the room would have just like killed the other half of the room like right away while but they're also like celebrating it's like weird it would be very difficult she did a good job yeah i mean i don't think that whatever the um kind of animosities between the courts were at that point were as big as them all getting their their powers back i mean they were probably just happy to go home and then deal with those things later so one of the scenes in this book that really shook me pretty hard was when tamlin brings that fairy to the house with his wings torn off and then Feyre kind of comforts it until it dies yeah that scene was rough that was intense that was super intense yeah yeah and that was kind of the point in the book because it's not super early on in the book but it's not super late either it's like kind of right in the middle of the book that was a part where I was really feeling like Sarah J. Moss's writing chops. That was very emotional. And also the point of the book that Tamlin begins, I think, to fall in love with her. Right. Yeah, that's a huge, like, really critical scene in the book. And mm-hmm. I think Sarah J. Moss did it super well. It's like one of my favorite scenes that I've ever read of hers. It's very well written, but it's just so, I mean, this is hard to read. a testament to why it's so well written. But yeah, it's hard to read like emotionally tumultuous for sure she's really good at writing people begging for their lives <laughs> yeah she is she's like, you'll, you'll hear it again you know going into writing this i'm sure that uh, i don't know if she was like consciously aware of this or like you know it was like a edit. i'm sure she didn't have it like written on a sticky note or something but with how fantastical and a little bit like over the top and melodramatic a lot of this is um you have to keep a certain amount of humanity in these characters like you have to have them still be relatable and still have totally. um, like strong emotions that aren't just like this blind like who gives a shit love 
which would make the books very one-dimensional and they're not one-dimensional you know there are a lot more yeah. emotions floating around than just like i love you so much because you're so hot and like everything's so cool here like that's not what this is even to call these just romance novels i feel like is doing them a disservice they're great adventure books yeah too. yeah i mean if you lifted all the romance like all the spicy scenes out of here and um kind of like didn't focus so much on um, Tamlin and Feyre's relationship, it would still be a very enjoyable read. Um, it's just kind of fun to have uh, some sexy parts in there. Why not? Throw them in. This is great. I would, I, would, I would have all of my sensual exploits delivered to me upon such a platter. That's pretty cool. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> help and me then to... Chad ditched his laptop and yes. started by <laughs> straight up, dude. Yeah, like I would never buy a used copy of this book. <laughs> Probably yeah. a good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like don't ever get this book used. Anyway, um, how did she come back to life? Was that like all of the spring? courts now there's the there's the scene we should totally talk about the uh yeah. i was just talking like about we were giving dead. we were heaping praise on sarah j moss and then you had to bring this scene up um <laughs> yeah man it's probably like i have a i have a pretty big beef with like, that scene i so dead she's seeing herself from someone else's eyes which is weird too like what i'm just so confused it's really weird um okay so my Sorry, I'm just collecting my thoughts here. No, um, no, do it. And it has been a year since I've read this, so like, uh, correct me if I um, bumble anything. But yeah, yeah. it's so like, of course, totally. Right. Oh, she gets turned into a high fay. Like, oh my, for God. sure. You know, like yeah. it's not enough that they revived her and like let her live after literally dying. No, their power combined makes her just stock toyota camry high fay you know what i mean totally. like just like yeah. now they solved the forever problem yeah you and know, it's, it's like it's just i don't know i was, I was in a better way it's i had mixed feelings about it because on one end i was like man like that's so like whatever like of course right. yeah, but on the other side of it i was kind of like oh so now we have like a pretty good reason for this to just keep going now she's super involved you know but it, it is kind of just like questions and the story kind of needed it to happen yeah and i don't disagree with you i mean i think that that's that's all true but it's just it's just like cool now you made her a superhero like yeah. goodbye that's the end of the book eh. i would feel that way with pretty much like anything where it's just right. like but she earned it kind of if you if you you know if you think about it she saved everybody so it's not like Tamlin's girlfriend died and then all of the leaders of Prithian were just like, we got to help Tamlin's girlfriend. Like, that's not what right. the situation was. Right. Because I was thinking to myself, like, well, why didn't they like, like, she wasn't the only person to have just died. She also just killed two other Fae. Like, I'm sure the weeping mother over there wasn't rejoicing after her, you know, but she earned it was the thought, the, the, the conclusion I came to. You never really answered my question of how she comes back to life. <laughs> <laughs> oh um yeah because i couldn't <laughs> is it just like fey stardust magic yeah, yeah. okay yeah oh yeah because i couldn't and they, they they literally are just like ma and then because <laughs> they can just do that if they like all do it at the same time yeah know? all of them together like... <laughs> yeah yeah which would be like really hard to get all of them you know the same room and you know to be willing to give up a huge chunk of their power power that they just got back yeah yeah it's, i get it okay it's brought up again that situation because it's like they were, I feel like they were all so high off of like being free again that they yeah, were just we'll like, sure, like, let's go, like, let's revive her, sure, whatever. Yeah. They were caught up in the moment. So were we. Yeah, because they all gave her like a, like a starry chunk of light. Right. And then she comes back to life. 
Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. The light. Does her neck like re restraighten itself or something? It must. Yeah. I mean, we never had the like, it's such a romantically <laughs> awesome scene. Right. That it would be kind of grotesque <laughs> to have her like <laughs> crick back into place, but I'm sure it had to have happened because it does say that her neck was twisted at a uh, angle that would mean she's no longer living. Oh, I don't want to ruin the story for myself here, but did Fair, uh, you can just answer, riddle me this, Batman. Did the people that Fera killed during the last trial come back to bite her? Like um, the specific individuals that she killed? In a, in a way, that's okay. all I'll say. Okay. Um, not the way you think, not the way you're asking. Okay. Um, for sure. Okay. But that is a pretty intense scene, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, she, like, like I said, Sarah's actually ability... kills them. Yeah. Like, her ability to write someone's like final moments before death or pleading yeah. oh, is pretty pretty good. Have you ever read any of the Crescent City series? No, no. We could probably read those together. That'd be I fun. would really like to. Because there's only two of them. I'd rather read those than all eight Throne of Glass books, personally. Like that's a oh, lot. Yeah. That's a lot of books. That's a lot of books. Um, the cover of House and Sky, House of Sky and Breath, is one of the coolest book covers I have ever. Yeah, seen. those are really it's neat covers. Radical. For sure beautiful art i have so the first cool. one uh, my friend amber bought me the first one amber mm, nicole cool. a uh, an author of romance that everybody should go read amber nicole what, what mm -hmm. has she written uh she wrote a book recently called uh, the book of Ezreal. cool i'll tag it in the description below i'm like reading i'm getting distracted by the quotes that i have written down don't ever disobey me again he said his voice a deep purr that ricocheted through me awakening everything and lulling me into complicity what a sentence oh you're not even in the you're on you're eating the fucking mozzarella sticks before the burger comes out buddy like it's dude, yeah oh, i bet i mean okay. like quarter silver flames is fucking filthy dude is it really <laughs> oh my god what do you think resan's motivations are well i think i don't know what his emo his motivations are now but his motivations during this book was to get free of the queen and get his power back totally yeah, but he's a very selfish being. Okay, he wants what's best for himself. I think he's selfish, um, but I think he's that unique sort of arrogance that comes from like immortality and having like all the power. He does things just to like entertain himself, kind of. Interesting. That's like, funny. I can't, like, I can't like elaborate on stuff. Like I, that's why I think he wants her at his court. He finds her interesting, mm. and he's bored. He's bored, and so he wants. But he's kind of cruel. And he wants what he can't have, and she's part of all of that. And so she'll like, she's a plaything to him, you know. Well, and uh, Tamlin and Resand seem to have a bit of a, um, like a rivalry, oh, for totally. lack of a better word. Tamlin and Resand have very kind of like opposite temperaments as well. So yeah, I'm not going to go any deeper into that, obviously. Um, yeah, like I said, I predict there to be some sort of because she's going to have to spend you know 25 percent of the rest of her life with him, even though Lucian does says we'll see about that. So you know maybe not, but. Uh, if she does have to spend a considerable amount of time with him, I think she's going to be into it. I think she's going to get into that. Get her some night court king. <laughs> All right. If you could ask, if, if Sarah J. Moss was here with us right now and you had one question to ask her, what would it be? Mm -hmm. We're going to start wrapping up here pretty soon. So That's I wanted really to ask, question. yeah, if like if, if Sarah J. Moss was on this podcast right now with us, uh, we each had a few glasses of wine in us. What, what would you ask her? Do you and your husband like role play these scenes? <laughs> you know, do you like, does your husband dress up as uh, Tamlin? 
at least in more than once and less than five times. I bet that's I happened. Like that's totally agree. 100%. I mean, it has to have, I've always, I've wondered that like, what would it be like to date or be married to a fantasy, uh, a romance author? Awesome. Yeah, probably <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I was in a long distance relationship and I don't know, really know how it started, but how it ended was me writing a story about a love story about these two people who were in love, but it was just like only their like sexual yeah. encounters with each other that I would send to her. And it was kind of like our way of like having sex over letters. Totally. Wow. Uh, that's awesome. Then, Epistolary sex. That's great. Yeah, it was great. And then um, when we were together, she was like, tell me, I forget the character's name, but she was like, tell me a story like right now. Just like hit me. And so I told her a story about them or him having sex and then she started doing all the things that i was it was like some of the best awesome it was incredible fucking love that for you bestie that's so so cool (laughs) yeah yeah words um words are sexy as hell like in in novel form uh verbally with with another person or multiple people one of the things that i've read up on um like i've i've read a lot about sex it's a really awesome thing to try and get better at and to try to learn about right and one of the things that i've seen the most that people wish that their partners did more often is talking and making more noise communication communicating talking saying what you want saying how you feel nothing will take you out of the moment more than feeling like the other person is out of the moment so a way to really cement yourself into that moment is talking to each other uh like laughing and because goofy things happen while you're having sex and it can't be a turnoff it's mostly goofy <laughs> yeah it's mostly like, goofy it's like, mostly yeah. gross and goofy it's good to like laugh and still be turned on you know totally yeah it, it adds to it um yeah I, I remember uh there's a book called uh stranger in a strange land by um robert heinlein it's a really excellent book um it's basically i mean i'm gonna super hardcore paraphrase it right now but it's uh basically a a a man who grew up on mars comes down to earth and starts a sex cult uh that's way way different and more complicated than that but that's just for the service of the purpose of this podcast i'm just gonna say that's what it is his name's michael i'm pretty sure his name's michael um i read it a long time ago but i something stuck with me from the book and it was this woman is kind of like one of Michael's many lovers. And somebody asks her, what's it like to kiss Michael? And she says, I love kissing Michael because I feel like he's 100% not thinking about anything else other than kissing me. Mm. And I remember like reading that when I was like 20. And I was just like, that I think might be the best advice that I've gotten. Like I can extrapolate from there. That's it. So like when you're kissing somebody or when you're with somebody, focus you know don't think too hard but just let yourself become lost in the physicality and mentality of that other person and and i think that one of the reasons that reading these kinds of scenes in books is so hot for people and it it works you know is because that's what that is that's what all of that it's you know you're reading a moment that is that The, the there's no distraction happening that's what this part of the book is about it's like um the zone it's like when a, when you're playing a sport or something and you're in the zone, you're in the moment. The Focus flow is one hundred. Yeah, you're in the flow state, and like when that happens, we should try to and allow that to happen 
during sex more because there's a communication there that's you're not worried about like how people are thinking about it. you're not worried about anything you're in the moment thinking about it so it's like when it's good you express yourself yeah when it's good yeah yeah i mean it's <laughs> if you're listening right now and you think me and chad have just been having awesome sex since we were just fucking 17 like <laughs> no <laughs> no like, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said, like, man, it's like a like a violin. Like nobody picked that up and started playing Tchaikovsky, you know? Yeah, I definitely um have had my moments where I've just yeah. been like, oh man, really didn't show up to play today. Not <laughs> like, proud. <laughs> like got the post game, like me in front of the microphone and like cameras <laughs> flashing, like, man, what happened tonight? Like, ah, uh, you know. Could have done better. I could have done better. better today. Yeah, could have been. My focus just wasn't there. Um <laughs> try again next week you know it's just <laughs> seven shots of whiskey it's just bad call super bad call. bad call all around you know i don't know who was calling plays tonight but i thought the pool you know. table would be great super hard super hard <laughs> not comfortable at all what do you think is going to happen in a court of mist and fury sarah did a really good job in constructing the bad people of her story which is actually like a huge nod to her because it's not the focus of what the story is about at all um, but she did a really good job in presenting the big baddie and then alluding to a bigger baddie that the big baddie in this story is beholden to. Totally. Um, so like it was really brilliant work on that, f on that part. Um, cause it was like, didn't, you know, if like you start off with like, this is the second in command. It's like, well, that doesn't sound very powerful and bad, but it's like, it is. And so she presented it in a way that was just like really good. It, it gave us this full scope of the situation without detracting from the power and artfully leading, uh, leaving us some baddies to still contend with in the next book. So I think that the guy who's like chilling on the island, is he on an island or something? I think he's on an island. Yeah. Um, that uh, I think he's going to come in. Um, I don't think he's going to invade quite yet because there's mm -hmm. five books. <laughs> so that will happen, but not in this book. I think there's going to be a lot of that. I think there's going to be a lot of Reese and her and potentially a little love triangle action. And then her family is going to come into play more. I think her sister um, is going to come a search in for Interesting. her. Interesting. I think she's gonna find her. Interesting. Um, and and I mean, N Nista, 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 Nesta, Nesta. There we go. I don't think her other her other sister's too happy with where she's at. I don't think she's gonna be a big part. Oh man, there's a part. I do in... think she is going to be used later on. Like she'll be captured by someone. Elaine. Elaine is sister. great. We we yeah. love Elaine. Um, yeah. there's a part in A Court of Wings and Ruin that I can't I can't wait for you to read it. There's so many parts that I can't wait for you to read. Man, there's so many parts of these books that are um like seriously jaw dropping where just the drama, man. Like the drama just gets just turned up to eleven so really? many times. Yeah, man. It's like it's like watching a really dramatic TV show. And yeah. I don't I don't use dramatic in the sense of like the negative connotation that it sometimes has. It's like literally drama, you know? Mm -hmm. Um and Moss is very, very good at it. I don't think these books should be turned into film. Um I kind of, I, I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't think it would be them properly. Yeah. yeah. I think it would take a lot out. of the magic out of them, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I think they're going to do it because of how popular they are. And I'm sure yeah. that they'll be decent. Um, but I think there's a certain it's better there, left to the imagination. There is a very, Oh, I love that. Yeah. Maybe an anime. <laughs> like, but like, I don't know, just a real, it's like, this is too much imagination fairy dust. 
right like, it can't really exist like i said they're going to be yeah. they're gonna do it there's too like, much money and, at stake and we're gonna watch it yeah there's too oh, much absolutely like, yeah i'm sure like, if i was good. sarah i'd be like as much as i do not want my art to be uh transpired and this 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 thing that i created exists perfectly through the medium of a book i would not say no to the 10 billion dollars that someone's yeah. going to wheelbarrow to my house um <laughs> i'm not saying that it'll be as good as this obviously i really don't think it would be but um i mean to some people it would be i guess but i mean when when fellowship of the ring came out in 2001 i'm sure a lot of people were like they're never gonna capture like That's true the magic and i mean yeah, but it, it's never been did. done before and it's never been done before after i know right those movies so are like, like the sh- only <laughs> i think i think there's there's They're some things so that have done amazing. it pretty well but yeah um like what what's come close i think game of thrones is a pretty faithful adaptation to song of ice and fire it's up to a point oh oh but... I'm, I'm not talking about like a faithful adaptation i'm just saying something that's like i don't know that's like so encapsulated your imagination the same way that the book did like did game I of think thrones some... do that I would say the first like four seasons did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it did. I mean, those, but to be, to be fair, those books aren't as vibrant as something like, um, Song of Ice, uh, uh, Akatar. Um, Akatar, these are some of the most vibrant, like, um, vivid. Vibrant's books. a really good word for yeah, it. Yeah. These are some of the most vibrant books I've ever read for yeah. sure. I if mean, games of, Game of Thrones is like a forest, or like a, it'd be like a pine forest, or this is like a jungle. Yeah. This is very, very, very vibrant, dude. <laughs> like, yes. I think that'll do it for us today for a court of thorns and roses what do you think i think so yeah i'm i'm really excited to read the rest of these yeah i'm excited for you just have fun with it man i'm going to you know i kind of needed this well everybody thank you so much for listening to this very special episode that chad and i were really excited about all week and i'm so glad we got a chance to actually sit down and do it it's been a long episode too but it we had a lot been. to talk about and this was the shortest well not the shortest actually the second shortest of the series yeah frost and starlight is like a novella but it's we're really good i liked it a getting lot getting started we are just getting started with akatar we are double fisting a book series <laughs> Sorry, my brain is too you know like, what, yeah. sex stuff <laughs> right fucking... now for you to use a turn like double fist. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. I don't know what oh, I'm gonna keep in Jesus. for this episode, and I don't know what I'm gonna take out, There's, but dude, I might keep episodes. that one in. <laughs> I don't know. Let's get spicy. <laughs> Let's get spicy with it, dude. I love it. Whatever. All right, everybody, thank you so much again for listening to this. Uh, look out for the next episode for A Court of Mist and Fury. And uh, yeah, hope all of you have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.